Hi everyone, welcome back to Colin Zach in the morning, and this is episode four, five, six. I don't know. I don't know. I just got hung up on the fact that we're recording this in the afternoon, and I feel oh, like oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're lying. <laughs> Full disclosure, this is being recorded in the afternoon. This is not Colin Zach in the morning. This is Colin Zach in the afternoon. A special bonus episode. Yeah. Colin Zach in the afternoon should be like our uh, Patreon exclusive, like a subscriber exclusive. Mm, mm, as version. if we're going to be like more enlightened three hours yeah, yeah, yeah. later. I mean, I'll be more awake, but. I feel, I feel like I have my best ideas in the morning. That's where I get my best work done. Oh, same here. Uh, the 7.30 a.m., open email, start replying, as well as post-shower clarity. Wow. Mm. No one talks about that enough. Okay, so I wanted to talk about this new law that was passed in Utah last Thursday. And I'm going to read you this quote about the law. Okay, so the law, which goes into effect March 2024, imposes a digital curfew on people under 18, requiring minors to get parental consent to sign up for social media apps and forces companies to verify the ages of all of their Utah users. Hmm. They also require tech companies to give parents full access to their kids' accounts and private messages, which has raised alarms for child advocates who say this could further harm children's mental health by depriving them of their right to privacy. And this is kind of the cultural zeitgeist right now. And I wanted to, to get your thoughts and just have a conversation about what we think about all of this, and particularly this Utah law, which seems like the most drastic measure that that's been taken so far. Yeah, I found it very interesting. I read the article you sent me and also listened to another podcast on it. And I think what I found was it is very funny that at the same time that there's the TikTok hearings in Congress, Utah's like, well, we're going to do something. And given uh, what's happening in Congress is about data privacy and mm -hmm. what's happening in Utah is more on parental controls. I find the conversation about social media overall very interesting because all I could think of is right now, social media is the wild, wild west. Like there is very little to hinder people from signing up. There's very little like warning to signing up, but like we are so dependent on it. And I don't know, I I am actually very in favor of what they're doing in Utah. I would really like to see uh, on a federal level more oversight when it comes to social media. Now I know it's a slippery slope anytime you introduce government to overseeing anything, but all I can think about is there are plenty of things that kids under the age of 18 cannot do. Uh, mm -hmm. They cannot drink alcohol. They cannot smoke tobacco. Uh, you have to be a certain age in order to get your driver's license. And even when you get your driver's license, you have to go through training and you have to go through a time period where you can't have any passengers in your car. And so I think like being able to have things that we have found that will be a safety net for our community, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like in 10, 20, 30 years, we'll we'll look back on this time and think just the same way that we look back on the times when smoking was culturally fine. I think we really downplay the dangers of social media in our society. Mm -hmm. um, and part of it is, I think, just the rapid explosion of these algorithms. Yeah. The age restrictions on those are just laughable. I know that you're not allowed to sign up for a social media platform unless you're 13, but I don't know about you, but I had a Facebook account before I was 13. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, like it's just Mom, a box that you click. So are, 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 are you no. 13 or not? Like, yeah. I think there's 
there's very little oversight right now. We're seeing the effects of that in suicide rates and depression rates among children. I was actually, on the other hand, a very good kid. And mm. I didn't have a Facebook until I think I was in high school. Um, I, there was a certain age or whatever that my parents allowed me to do it. It might have been 13. Um, I think they went off that guideline. Mm-hmm. And my parents were very strict with my account. Uh, they got on it once in a while. I had to be friends with them. I could. They went through and read comments I had made. I remember getting in trouble uh, because I purposefully spelled something wrong in a post. And they were just like, Zach, you're more intelligent than that. Don't spell that wrong. And I'm like, well, this is what the kids are doing. He's like. And there's like a classic, like, well, if your if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you, you know, like, and I was like sitting there going like, what is this? Like, and, and, um, but I really, like, I remember that it was very formative and it really shaped this mindset of, okay, social media, I have to be trusted with it, that there's a way to use it that can be positive. And again, the argument against all of these laws and oversight is the frustration I had when I was 10, 11, 12 and couldn't have it. And it was, I feel like. I'm outcasted because I don't have one. My friends are Mm. doing and seeing things and communicating things in a way that I can't see it. And I feel like I'm not there. And it was Mm -hmm. very frustrating to me and I totally get it. And it's this, uh, I think parents are left in this. You kind of have to catch 22 situation where it's either, okay, you allow your student to have, or your kid to have access to social media and to be able to participate in those things. So they can be socially aware and socially involved in their community or you keep it away from them and you take that away. But also you're protecting your mental, their mental health, because mm-hmm. we do see mental health trends start to like the mental health of uh, young people start to go down drastically right when social media and the smartphone appear. Uh, yeah. And so it's one of those things where like um, there is some correlation to those things. And I totally get that. Uh, but I can only I do see the pushback in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the digital privacy pushbacks I get like kids need a safe space to express things mm-hmm. that their parents don't get to see. Yeah. Um, but that's what diaries are for. Yeah. <laughs> Just get a diary and hide it under your mattress. It doesn't have to be on Facebook or on Discord for other people to see. And yeah, I think we're touching on one of the larger trends in our society where our social spheres are just expanding. Hmm. We have our social relationships. And then what what we find on social media are these parasocial relationships where one side, the viewer, puts in all the effort to follow the life and the events and you know the ups and downs of somebody's life on the internet yeah. and that other person on the internet who's posting those videos you know has no knowledge or you know no awareness that this is even happening yeah. and so i think what we need to regulate are these parasocial relationships i think kids are vulnerable at a young age yeah. to replacing social relationships mm. with parasocial relationships mm-hmm. and i think that's incredibly dangerous yeah. social relationships are people that you can talk to, people that can help you through hard times, places where you can develop into a well-rounded human being. Parasocial relationships, on the other hand, are just entertaining. Yeah. Part of the pushback is we're infringing on kids' rights, which, let me tell (laughs) you, 10 years ago, I ain't have no rights. 
you know, I would, I, I, the rights I had were given to me, which by my parents, which I don't know if that's what the definition of rights are <laughs> in their mind. They were privileges that could be taken away at any moment. Do you think that you deserved rights? Like looking back on it is I know that you, like you just yeah. said, I don't, I didn't have rights as a kid. Yeah. Would you give previous Zach rights that you didn't have? I, you know, I think I would have loved if there was a conversation to Zach of, hey, here's how you can express thoughts, feelings, emotions in a healthy way. Uh, and mm -hmm. social media does not have to be that way. And I really, I mean, I look back on it and there's a reason that a lot of people are giving up social media for Lent because they sit there and go, oh, I do enjoy this, but it's not good for me. I need yeah. this time back. I need the discipline in my life. And I find that so interesting. If social media is worth giving up or people are like, you know, I'm going to do 60 days where I'm not on Facebook. So text me if you need me, you know, like those things, then maybe it isn't something that's inherently good. And so mm. I think it can be used well and appropriately. I know social media is a huge part of how I continue to communicate with friends and family, yeah. but it's not the only way and it can't be the only way. And I really just don't think that a 12-year-old, 13-year-old can really sit there and make that distinction of, you know what, how can I communicate without social media? And I also think it enters another part of the conversation of 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds, these young kids aren't really understanding that none of their life right now should be anonymous. Mm. And I'm, start, I'm starting to think of how we treat each other in society. We're starting to see the negative effects of anonymous social media accounts where uh, people can be under the mask and disguise of someone else's name or some made up name and say things and do things that they wouldn't do under their own name and character. And when I was a kid, I didn't have any of those outlets. The only mm -hmm. thing that could hide, that I could do something in private is if I did it actually physically in private, yeah. there wasn't another uh, sphere for me to go and do something and it's, you know, and if kids are really looking for ways to process their emotions, again, there are healthy ways to do that that don't need to be online for other people to read and or validate. Yeah, I think we see the benefits of social media in our yeah. stage of life because yeah. we have friendships and relationships that are long distance. We don't see our friends every day. And social media can be a fun way of staying involved with the people around you. But yeah. think of the social sphere of a 10-year-old. Yeah. Literally all of their friends they see every day at school. Yeah. They have the opportunity to develop these deep social connections. Yeah. They don't need to be spending their days on social media developing yeah. these long distance yeah. connections. And I mean, the argument is that there are kids who aren't getting those social interactions away from social media. And that's the problem. I mean, a kid should not mm -hmm. be fully dependent on social media for their social activity. I mean, again, like for me, it was you go to school and then you had sports at church or all these other places where you're connecting with other students in real time and under adult supervision, I may add, where you're mm -hmm. having to actively participate in team sports in team activities, as well as conflict resolution and all those things. And again, that's a learning process. And part of the issue is social media can't teach you all the skills you need to have healthy relationships. There isn't a third party that's necessarily going, hey, the thing that that person just said to you was not right. Or the thing that you just said to someone else is not right. You should not do that. As well as how to reconcile that, how to apologize for that. Like there is a loss of referees that can happen mm -hmm. in 
the privacy of social media that I just think is so important. And so this bill in Utah that's looking at giving parents access and direct oversight for uh, of their kids, I think is just really, really important. And it's inviting parents into participating in that. And I think, yes, that kids still need a way to privately reflect and privately handle what they have going on in their life. But again, that can, there's so many ways that can be done. And yeah. social media is just, there's, there's too much potential for there to be negative repercussions if that's the way that they're handling uh, their yeah. thoughts and emotions. Yeah. So uh, I just thought that that was an interesting bill and law that passed. And I think we'll start seeing a lot more of this in the coming months and years. I know this article that I read mentions that there's quite a few other states that are looking at doing this, such as uh, Texas, California, Alabama, New Jersey. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like an issue that strikes across uh, political divides. Yeah. And so I think we'll probably see more of this coming down soon. And I think that's good. I think we need to take a critical look at what we're al allowing the most vulnerable in our society to consume. Yeah, and it sounds like we're having, again, a furthering conversation on how far does the First Amendment stretch, as well mm -hmm. as what rights do kids have? And I guess those are conversations that we definitely need to have. Again, they are creation, they are humankind, and definitely deserve to have some rights, but those have to be named. And it, it scares me a little bit that the defense is that parents are taking ki uh, rights from their kids away. And I'm just mm -hmm. like... But parenting is all about setting up healthy boundaries and setting up healthy uh, disciplines that can help the student form to be a well-functioning adult someday. And there's ways that that can go poorly. And there's things that have been done incredibly well. Uh, so I'm hoping that this idea of kids' rights doesn't hinder us from uh, stepping into healthy methods of parenting. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, this has been a special edition. Mm, yes. <laughs> We're breaking the mold just four episodes in to have a <laughs> longer form conversation. But I think this was worth it, and I think it's a good one to have. Um, if you yeah. have any comments, you can reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter. My handle is at Cole Doolittle, and Zach's is? Uh, uh, is it at Zach Temez? Oh, no. We oh, didn't come no. prepared. I I didn't, I didn't think we were going to promote this. our social media after we just dogged on social media for the last 20 minutes. Oh, I didn't know, you know what, what we were Good supposed point. to do. <laughs> Zachary underscore Tamez. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem.